Welcome back, church. We are so excited for another episode of the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. We are here in our mini-series called A Word to the Wise, and I'm here with someone that I really look up to and I um, just rejoice in friendship with and sisterhood in Christ with, um, who is so passionate about God and His Word and loving His people. Um, But something that she has specifically taught me about has been what a life of prayer means. And so we're going to enter into the conversation of why does having a praying life help you grow in wisdom? Um, and so nonetheless, this is Jill Jollin, who is with me. Um, we are so grateful that she's with me. You want to say, hey, Jill? Hey there. Ah, we're so excited. Um, so we're going to hop right in because we um, want you to be encouraged. We want you to be challenged. We want you to be convicted um, that if you are not engaging in an active life of prayer, that um, there is a huge part of the Christian life that you're missing. You're missing some of the goodness that God has for you because he meets us in the midst of prayer. So Jill, I would love to just ask you, in beginning this conversation, why do you think um, someone becomes more wise when they engage in a praying life? I think of Saab, uh, the Proverb 13, mm-hmm. 20. Um, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and prayer really is just walking, conversing, learning from, following, listening to, uh, pouring out our hearts to Jesus. That's, that's what prayer is, conversing with God. So if I'm hanging out with Jesus— He's, he is wisdom. Mm. So I'm going to grow in wisdom. I think of also in Acts chapter 4, you had that story where John and Peter are on their way in yeah. uh, to the temple, and the cripple who had been crippled from birth is laying there, yeah. and he's crying out. And they said, listen, I don't have any money, but this I do have. And they reach out, and he's immediately healed. Mm. The people are astonished. He's hanging on to their arm, and people are saying, what's going on? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit— starts telling them about the gospel, starting with Abraham um, as Jews. Um, So they get arrested, right, overnight, because the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the other guys, they don't like them teaching the people, teaching about the resurrection and winning them over to Christ. Uh, When they come in and question them, they have such a courage, such a boldness, and they realize, they say, oh, these are ordinary guys. These are unschooled guys. And then they say, ah, we recognize they've been with Jesus. Mm. It was hanging out with Jesus. They for, for three years of their lives, they yeah. set themselves apart to hang out with Jesus, to follow him, conversing with him, asking him questions, him teaching them, um, obeying him. And yeah. it's there that they got this crazy uh, courage. Yeah. And of course, that knowledge and that, quote, wisdom of sorts didn't come from them. It came from the Holy Spirit. Mm. And wisdom doesn't come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit. I can't gain wisdom that's of any eternal value. The wisdom I can gain on my own is worldly wisdom, which is foolishness yeah. to God. So the only way I can gain wisdom is to gain the knowledge of Jesus, my Savior, become intimate with Him, walk with Him, mm. learn of Him, follow Him, um, practicing His presence. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Just thinking about... Um, so many people talk about how prayer is so challenging for them. Um, ben and I always joke that like doing your daily Bible reading is something you feel like you can check off your box. Um, but when you're engaging in a life with prayer, you're like, I don't ever feel satisfied like I'm done because we're never done. Like right. we're, we're both having setting aside time to pray as well as continuously praying the scripture calls us to. Mm-hmm. Um, in your life, when do you feel like prayer became really important? Because oftentimes— Christians grow into a life of prayer because they they think that they were fine, and then the Lord's like, you've been missing. You've been missing my presence. When do you feel like that became illuminated to you? 
Uh, I'm thinking back of, I've, uh, especially as a young adult, Mm -hmm. I really was serious about wanting to grow my faith. I wanted to be useful to God. I want my life to matter to God, Mm -hmm. to the kingdom. And I remember just so many things, you know, studying scripture, going after women that were more mature than me, uh, teachers wanting to sit under them and listen and learn. Um, And I remember, I think I might have shared this with you. I went to Trenton. I've been invited to go to a prayer day with a friend and walked in a room of women on their knees, some standing, some sitting, some kneeling, praying, um, most of them quietly, not together, but individually. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. And I sat down and I ran out of stuff to pray in like two minutes. (laughs) I've got a super squirrel brain. And I was like, I'm not going to say, now I've got to pretend I'm praying because I don't know how to pray. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just realized I didn't know how to spend an extended time where it wasn't asking God for stuff. I wasn't going through a list. How do you just, how do you just pray? How do you do that without the stimulation of someone else or some external force? And um, I started to pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just learned, I, I remember one of the significant things for me was Brother Lawrence wrote his... Practicing the Presence. That's right. Yeah, so good. That I think every Christian should read. Every young believer should read. Yeah, it's real short. It's like 35 pages, like a booklet. Mm -hmm. You think of like My Heart, Christ's Home. It's about that size. Exactly. Yeah, so good. But he just talks about all day long. He's in the presence of Jesus and he knows that, right? The Holy Spirit lives in me. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's not next to me. He's not my friend, my buddy arm in arm. He's actually in me. Mm And so I need to be in communion with him and in conversation with him. And re- if I want to grow in Christ and be useful, then I have to learn how to hear his voice. And how do I do that? Through the word, right? Yeah. So I started in the word. I started approaching my reading time, not my study time. I think it's different, yeah. right? Our devotional reading and our study reading, I would say, are different. Yeah. But in my devotional reading, my hope and my purpose was that I would hear God talk to me. Mm. And you and I are having a conversation. We wouldn't have one if... I wasn't listening when you're talking. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have one if I didn't talk to you back, right? <laughs> yeah. It'd be a speech. Yeah. So same with God. Somehow we take prayer, especially when we're young believers, and it's really not prayer. It's it's not a conversation. It's us. It's our monologue. Yeah, it's a monologue. <laughs> yeah. And we don't do a lot of listening. People yeah. say, well, I can't hear God. What do you mean you hear God talk to you? God don't talk to you. He talks to us yeah. primarily in his word. But he talks to us. He talks to us by the Spirit indwelling us that causes us to cry out and say, Father, God, mm. no, I belong to you. Yeah. And he talks to us as we, mature, as we mature and we learn to discern the voice of the Spirit and not our own compulsions. Yeah. He leads us. Mm. He leads us through our day. He stops us. He guides us. He illuminates sin. He's like, hey, there's a better choice. Mm. Like, and as you memorize Scripture and know Scripture, he brings it to mind yeah. to lead you to the right way. And that conversation is an ongoing thing, but there is that set-apart thing, and it starts by being in the Word. And when I would approach the Word, I would say, God, talk to me. And if I felt the Lord had said something to me, however small, whether He just showed me something about Himself that was pretty amazing, I'd be like, wow, God, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You're so merciful. And that you did that for me. Thank you. I reply back to Him. We have a conversation. So I started praying through Scripture that way. And realizing this is to me. It's not, it's, I'm part of the church. I mean, it's not to Jill Jolin written yeah, for her, yeah. but I'm his daughter. Yeah. And, and then I obey what it says. I think prayer, it's important that you do what it says. If yeah. you want the Holy Spirit to speak to you so that you have this vibrant prayer life, 
where you can just sit quietly and sense the Spirit speaking to you, yeah. that doesn't happen just by wanting it to happen. Yeah. But you need to mature, and you don't mature if you don't put the Word into mm. practice. And why would the Holy Spirit speak to me back so that I have an actual conversation with God rather than me just talking? Mm. Why would He speak to me in some sort of a quiet, still voice if I don't even listen to what was written down, mm. if I'm ignoring what he's telling me in his written word. Yeah. So I say, start there. Listen, it's, it's to us. He's written it to us. Yeah. He's telling us about us and, and how we can please him and be useful. Mm. And when something hits me, I respond back. I speak back. I praise him. I confess. Yeah. I, I, I commit myself to obedience. And as I take those small steps and I grew in those ways— then I found I started to be able to discern his voice. Yeah. So now my prayer life can be more fluid. It doesn't have to be so, although I always orient myself with the word I got to admit. Um, but That's it, okay. We're, we're comfortable with that as Baptists. Yes, I'm comfortable <laughs> with that. But Amen. there are days where I can just, just you can just sit and be, and you can, you can hear God speak to you. He's not speaking anything outside his word. Yeah. yeah. But he's confirming the truth. Yeah. In our spirit, his spirit with my spirit is in community. And I respond to that. It's not always out loud, but I've learned to, um, one of my habits before retirement, and I have to admit, after retirement, Bill home all the time, this sort of, in the last year, kind (laughs) of went to by the wayside. And Mm. you asking me to come talk about prayer reminded me that I want to go back to that. Mm. So keep me accountable. But especially when I was working, I took one day a month where I took the day and I left my surroundings and I dedicated that day to quiet prayer alone. Phone was off. It was me and God. Mm-hmm. I brought my Bible. That's what I brought. Sometimes I brought a pad in case God said something significant yeah. that I need Don't to forget. remember yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and actually follow up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that to be very helpful too in that day that I could just spend the day listening, mm-hmm. reading, um, pouring out my heart to Him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things I think that's grown my prayer life is seeing God answer prayer. Yeah. Yeah. We need to believe that he does answer prayer. Yeah. Um, Just today in my quiet time, I was reading Luke. Um, And so Jesus had already sent out his disciples in a prior chapter. Now he says he sent 72 others out two by two, right? To go before him as he was going back to Jerusalem, to go in those towns before him, go and find a house of peace, tell about the kingdom, heal the sick. They came back overfilled with joy, it said, because even the demons um, had been subject to them. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was thrilled too. But it struck me, you know, sometimes we think that these these miracles, like, oh yeah, Peter, he bent down to that cripple and the guy got up. But that was then, you know, I don't see miracles. Mm -hmm. God's not doing that for me. It wasn't just for those 12. We see Jesus sent his disciples out, 72 others also went out. And guess what? They were healing people in those towns that needed healing mm. ahead of Jesus. Those that were they were demon possessed were being released mm. because of the kingdom was coming yeah. with power and with force. And we are his ambassadors now. We're continuing as disciples of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit and his power. And so we should have an expectation of supernatural living. Yeah. Meaning I live above the power of sin in my life. And meaning that I can discern what God wants. And when I'm living on mission for the kingdom, Mm. God does whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And 
I think we can ask boldly for things. We can boldly approach the throne. And when it says that we might receive mercy and help in time of need, it's not just about like, hey, God, I need mercy. I'm having a hard time here. Help Jill. Make Jill's life good. Make Jill happy. No, it's about the kingdom. I'm approaching the throne for help in the time of need and pressing forward in the kingdom. Mm. And I have seen miracles out of prayer. I have... It doesn't happen like every time I pray, Yeah, which is what makes prayer such a mystery to me. I have yeah. to admit, I have not arrived in prayer. I am like a baby in prayer Yeah, because it tells us you don't have because you don't ask. Ask and your joy will be complete. It says, hey, if if we were his children, then we know he hears us when we pray. And if he hears us, then we know we have what he asked for, right? But yet sometimes we ask for things and we don't have it. Yeah, And we're like, what's up with that? Yeah. This doesn't align. Yeah. I haven't figured that one out, yeah. but I do know I have prayed for people. I have seen people sick and needing healing, and in the moment, seeing supernatural hearing, healing occur. Mm. I have prayed that God would move the heart of someone because we needed something to happen right then and there for life or death situations, and I've just said to the person, listen, this is what's going to go down. You need to do this. The person's like, what is up? I don't know why I'm saying yes to you, but I am. That's called the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So this, these things still happen today, mm. um, but it's not something that I do. It's something the Holy Spirit does yeah. as we are led by Him. And we actually have the courage, as Peter and John did, we have the courage to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and to respond in obedience. Yeah. Sometimes it makes no sense. Matter of fact, it doesn't make any sense to our natural yes. way of being, our natural wisdom. But when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something that might seem crazy, do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when we know it's in accordance with Scripture. Because I know people hear this and they're like, Oh, yeah. And don't worry. Like, we, if the Holy Spirit, you think, is telling you to do something outside of Scripture, you can very clearly say, that's not, that's not His desire for me. Um, But when it's, hey, I feel compelled to reach out to someone who I want to know Christ. Like, we know God's heart is reaching out to people to draw them to Himself. So trust that. That's right. Trust that and take the risk, even though it feels scary. Um, because he's ultimately, we know what he's doing. He's coming. He's bringing his kingdom here on earth, and we're awaiting that final. But he is shaking up the ground. That's right. Preparing a people for himself, and we want to be a part of that work. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so good. Um, and you know, that's important point you made because people want to jump from zero to sixty. They want to go from nowhere. Like I never read my Bible. I read it on Sunday morning. But I want Holy Spirit to do supernatural things. I want Him to talk in my ear and say, "Hey, Jill, go to the grocery store. Meet the lady in the black shirt." It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, I've got to discern His voice. I've got to be a person of the Word. It's got to be fluent in me. Um, and like I said, obedience, obedience, obedience. Yeah. Um, seek Him. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do, when we receive. He speaks to us. He reminds us who he is. And that alone blows my mind that God would reveal himself to me. Mm. And he reminds us of the gospel, that he would love me. Wow. I'm like not worthy, Mm -hmm. but I am in Christ. And he's made us to be in Christ. It's incredible. Mm. So as we learn of who he is and what he's done, we want more of that. Like when God peels back one layer and he shows us himself, how can we not want more? Yeah. And in prayer, he peels back layers. Mm-hmm. We become more intimate with him as we walk with him. And he said, yeah. hey, let me show you this. Yeah. Let me show you this about you and who you are. So it's okay. Here's what I'm doing. Yeah. 
And even if you don't know what you're doing and what he's doing, he says, you can trust me because this is who I am. Look at who I am. Don't look yeah. at your stuff. That's what happens in prayer. Yeah. And that's why it's a lifelong thing for me. It is living and breathing for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I need that short rope. I mean, <laughs> prayer and being in a constant place of mm. prayer and having set yourself apart to be sensitive. If you're like me, you're going to jump out quick. Mm. And uh, even though I'm more mature, both <laughs> chronologically, <laughs> and hopefully I'm maturing spiritually, Amen. I still find myself in kindergarten and sometimes jumping out and being, um, you know, I joke about being a squirrel, but being like, oh, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. And I jump out ahead of the Spirit. I want to keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah. So even in prayer, we can think we have something and arrived and we, we jump out. But if we are in practice of prayer, that's where the Holy Spirit speaks and says, no. How does he tell me that? A scripture will come to mind. Mm. A lot of times, the scripture I often hear and have to say, oh, okay, is, hey, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Yeah. That, that, that from Corinthians, that thing yeah. will come out and I'll be like, okay, Lord, what is the best? Yes. What's beneficial? Yeah. So, yeah. All things are lawful. And all the things are profitable. Yeah, that's so good. I I I feel like this year I've also been hearing that in prayer. The Lord has been convicting me um, that there are many good things, but there are my things um, that we don't want to just be doing good things. We're going to be doing His work, His way. Yeah, His work, His way. And the only way that we can come to His work, His way, is by being with Him. That's right. Because ultimately, there are many times I can fool myself into believing I'm doing his work his way. He says, have you come to me? Um, There was a worship leader who I respected a ton in college. She talked about like, if we're not praying before worship, asking God what he wants, it's like throwing someone a birthday party and never asking them what they wanted for their birthday party. Just that her heart was so like, this is for him. If it's really for him, it's not for me. That's right. And it was just very challenging to me to be like, all right, Lord, like, are there times that I'm throwing you birthday parties and I'm not asking what you're interested in? Um, that is so good. Okay, so for someone who's hearing this and they're like, okay, it's new to me that God God talks through his word and is illuminating things. I think I thought that, but uh, okay, this is challenging me. What if there's someone that's there saying, hey, I pray before meals and sometimes before bed and sometimes with my kids, but I pray the same 15 words that I've always been taught, handed down to me generation to generation. What would be your encouragement of a next step for them saying, hey, God really wants to talk to you in a clear and specific way? I think I would I would challenge them, you know, as we're training children, sometimes those rote prayers are very helpful. Yeah, amen. But Jesus definitely wasn't a fan of rote reciting of, mm-hmm. not that the rote prayer, but the reciting of prayers, um, which, you know, we fall into. We were trained as children to pray certain prayers, um, whatever they were, your dinner prayer. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what the word, they're not thinking about the words they're saying, they're coming out of your mouth. And I would say, I would challenge them, don't say something you don't mean, because mm. you're talking to God. So don't pray that prayer just because it's what you do. Mm. Pray the prayer because it's what you want to say. Think of prayer as a conversation. What do you want to say to God? Say it to Him in your own words. Um, and if you need some guidance, you can use a, a rote prayer. I mean, Jesus, I think when He gave us the Lord's Prayer, we can use those words. But I think he was more giving us a model for prayer yeah, yeah. than he was giving us something to recite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we recite it, 
I think we need to be careful that we don't do as the pagans do, Jesus yeah. said. Yeah. And just blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jill, we're getting to the close of our time. And I just want to ask you one last question. What is one challenge that you would give for our listeners um, to grow in their prayer life this week? I would say if you're new to prayer and you're wanting to start something fresh, mm. I would challenge you to take 15, 20 minutes a day, set yourself apart in a place where there isn't anybody else going to interrupt you and you're not going to be distracted. Turn the phone 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 off. off. Take your Apple Watch off Yeah, because it vibrates. Um, (laughs) Take it off and do not disturb because if they call multiple times, it'll still ring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have a pad of paper if you need something to get off your mind. There's something because you know what? As soon as you want to do this, stuff comes in your brain. Like, oh, I need to make dinner in 15 minutes. Oh, you know what? I had to call Sue at 6.30 tonight. I got to put that on. I got to remind myself. Yeah, yeah, All that happens. So I would say, you know, get a pad. So if you have to, you just write Sue and then it's out of your brain. Yeah. But set yourself apart. Quiet your brain for a second. Don't do anything. Just close your eyes and be quiet and ask God, meet me right now. I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. Open up the Bible. Read slowly. Not a lot not quantity. Ask God to speak to you. It doesn't have to be big. Don't have big expectations. Yeah. Just it's a it's a conversation. Good morning. How are you? Yeah. You know? And so maybe it's just going to be that you're going to see the gospel is free. Mm. That's to you. That was to you. Respond. Yeah. And remember that you've been set free mm. and you didn't do anything to get it. It was the one who loved you from the before creation of the world that did it all. Mm. And then respond to him in that and tell him what that means to you. And then listen some more about that. Let him love on you a little bit, you know, if that's where it went. Yeah. Or let's say you open up your Bible and you read about a conviction, you might respond to it like, oh boy, I'm doing that very thing. You know, I am gossiping. It Mm -hmm. says, don't be a gossip. I just gossiped this morning. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, God. Like, yeah. Yo, I got a problem with that. And I, it's yeah. just so tasty. I I need your help. I yeah. desperately need your help to stop that. Would you help me to love people better? Mm-hmm. You know? So I would just say, take 20 minutes and have that kind of a attitude about it. You don't just just listen and respond and use the Bible as your guide. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Jill, such an encouraging conversation. Such a joy to have you. Um, and I, when I think about prayer, one of the things that I am most challenged by. Um, and most encouraged by is that when Jesus came and he died on the cross and the veil was torn, um, there was an invitation to prayer. Prayer's always been there. We see prayer all in the Old Testament, um, but it felt that there were certain people who prayed. And that wasn't always true. God was always drawing all of his people to himself. We see in the fullness, when the Holy Spirit comes in our heart, that the Holy Spirit intercedes in our behalf and teaches us how to pray. And Jesus is praying for me. So yeah. there's a there's this liberation that God always meant for all of his people to be welcome to him, mm-hmm. that he was calling all people to himself and that all of us can have this beautiful personal relationship with him through the cross and through his resurrection, that I was meant to be able to commune with God through the person of Jesus. And that to me, like, that's like the most, like the Trinity is most beautiful in prayer to me. Because I see, I see all parts working together, um, and I get to be—I just to rejoice in the complexity of God, <laughs> yeah. um, but also just in 
man, he says that like my heart, because of the Holy Spirit, cries out, Abba, Father, that there's a beautiful intimacy that I find because the Holy Spirit is teaching me how to pray. And that invitation is an invitation to intimacy, um, which is so good. And speaking of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage people that to remember the Holy Spirit intercedes for us mm -hmm. as we pray. We don't always know the words. We don't always know what exactly to pray. But we can trust that as we pray, if it's not quite right, no worries. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit's alive in us, yeah. and He's taking that prayer, and He's making it right. He's interpreting it. Amen. Oh, so good. Well, listeners, we're so grateful for you tuning in. Uh, we pray uh, that you would pray, uh, yes. that you would have a life of prayer, um, and that today that you would get to walk in the joyful obedience of loving Jesus and walking with Jesus and communing with him because uh, he wants to commune with you. So we pray this is an encouragement. Uh, share it with a friend if it's been a blessing to you uh, and have a wonderful rest of your week.